Well, welcome back to Bon Voyage. I'm Rob. I'm Adam. Adam. Well, we're back here for episode two, where we will be watching Quantum of Solace. Uh, in the last, mm. what's it been? <laughs> Only five days since yeah, we watched yeah. Casino Royale. Uh, have you had any thoughts? Anything to add that we didn't think of? Has the because we we recorded right after watching, That's after right. a few beer. Right, you know, we just started this podcast, so nerves may have been up or something. <laughs> now that the movie has settled a bit, have you thought of anything you wanted to add? Uh, or questions about going forward? I don't think there's anything really to add. Um, definitely, like, the hype has died down a bit from that first episode, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, what are you expecting out of Quantum? Mm, so you were saying it comes five minutes after the last one kind of thing basically five or ten minutes yeah. after you don't know that immediately but after right at the end of the pre-title sequence it's revealed that it picks up right where it left off mm -hmm. spoiler alert so i think that's exciting i mean yeah <laughs> to it, continue that it really was when it first came out but as more time passes, a lot of people, like in the Bond community, one of the biggest gripes they have with the Craig era is that it is kind of all sequential, except for Skyfall, sort of. Like, mm. that you, you couldn't just watch Quantum without Casino Royale, really. Whereas sure. you could watch Man with the Golden Gun, which is Roger Moore's second, without having seen Live and Let Die, which was his first. Like, you can just pick any one of those up mm -hmm. off the shelf and it works. So it is a bit of a downside as far as, like, in the whole grand scheme of it. But coming right off Casino Royale, it's pretty great. Yeah, I, I would say, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a good example, too, where, like, you can get more out of it if you've seen multiple. Totally. Right? And I don't really necessarily agree. I really like this movie. It's maligned a lot. A lot of people don't like it. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more creative and experimental than a lot of them. Kind of like, uh, I think it'll be a little bit like Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which nobody liked when it came out and has aged really well and people like a lot because it did so many different things. It had mm -hmm. a new bond and many other reasons it's aged well. But yeah, I'll... I'll Maybe I'll try to keep my mouth shut while we're watching it, but when we're recording, point out some of these really cool creative things. And you'll probably pick up mm -hmm. on some of them, but he, uh, Mark Forster's the director, who's really interesting. It was an interesting choice. And uh, he does a lot of themes throughout for the set pieces and stuff that's really quite interesting. Mm. It's also the shortest of all 24 films. Interesting. Shortest in runtime. It was made during the writer's strike, so it has, like, it was halfway through being written by Paul Haggis, who wrote Crash and a few other, like, he had, he's a really good uh, screenwriter and director. Um, but then they went on strike, so he wasn't able to finish it. Daniel Craig actually had a part in writing some of this. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah. So it does want for some of that. It looks fantastic. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, story-wise, it does leave a little bit to be desired, I guess, but... Yeah, that's my little uh, hmm. trailer, I guess. It's, it's <laughs> some good context. Tease. The writer's strike is definitely good to know about because I remember, yeah, when that was going on, yeah. a lot of things were uh, inhibited. Yeah, for sure. That. Yeah, it was right in the middle of that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. It went through. I mean, but it's not unusual for the Bond movies to go through a bunch of rewrites. There's a lot mm -hmm. of oversight, especially lately, the last couple decades, like since Brosnan. There's a few main writers who have been through it, but it goes through so many rewrites. A mm -hmm. lot of people touch those scripts. This last one has gone through several head writers. The one that's coming out in the mm -hmm. fall, No Time to Die. Uh, what else? Hmm. Well, what's new with you? Did oh. you have a good five days? Bond aside? <laughs> yeah, more or less. You more know. or less. Middle of the pandemic still. <laughs> yeah, still 
applying to jobs all the time. <laughs> oh, are you? I don't yeah, I'm back to subbing and not enjoying it at all. What a miserable time to be a substitute mm, teacher. It was I never agree. good, but it's even worse now. <laughs> yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's watch a Bond movie. Sounds good. Okay, we're back. First of all, I guess, initial reactions, what'd you think? Uh, honestly, I liked it. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Maybe more than Casino Royale. Really? Naturally, yeah. That's so funny, because here I was before saying that this one might be like Honor Majesty's Secret Service and age really well. I think this is the first time in a while I've sat down and just watched it. It's one I put on in the background all the time, and it mm. has a few of my favorite scenes in any Bond movie, but as a whole, it's, I don't know, it didn't quite do it for me as much this time. But that's cool. I, I like that you liked it so much. What uh, what stood out? Um, I mean, we'll go through, I've got a list of stuff. I'm gonna try to keep this a bit more organized as we go yeah, forward. We'll, like, we'll, we'll go through it all, but just initial thoughts. What did you think? Yeah, uh, general stuff. I mean, just like the feeling of it. I don't know if it just is like where it, you know, when it came out and the style and stuff, it just feels like nice for me just right. from my experience okay and i you know i liked the musical style maybe like the film style was cool you said there's I, some tricky stuff you're going to tell me about yeah yeah we can touch on that later but you're right that definitely stands out a lot of the edit uh, music editing and sound effects editing like how they'll just drop the score out of nowhere and it's mm -hmm. silent in the background and they just choose one of the sound effects to keep like in the the boat action scene you can just hear the waves and everything else stops right as it uh, right after the yeah. action stopped and he's uh, driving away how all you can hear is the motor and a bit of the waves and the score just stopped and you don't hear any guns anymore and it's like jarring how silent it is yeah all yeah they do some kind of like uh, experimental stuff like that yeah for and sure there was definitely some shots like that too that were really like not what you'd expect i remember there was a cut and we'll talk more like through the plot and stuff after but there was a cut to like a shot where like i think like a a bridge or a piece of the floor was falling and there was like a camera like attached to it falling right right you know, like cool. a gopro yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. perspective yeah that was cool it was at a point where so this is 08 a couple of years into when i mean they were using digital for absolutely everything so and there's a lot of cool smaller cameras so they were able to do that mm -hmm. it's in the community it's kind of looked down on a lot because it sort of feels like a born movie there's a lot of jump cuts like it's edited really fast like the cuts are super quick there's mm -hmm. not a lot of long shots especially in the action scenes and that kind of it gives you like a motion sickness feeling a little bit sometimes but i really like it because Usually during those action scenes with the quick cuts, it's juxtaposed with something else that's going on, which I really like. Yeah. Like the foot chase being juxtaposed with the horse race that's happening at the start. Yeah. And at the end when you're seeing the meeting with uh, Green and Madrano while Bond and Camille are getting ready. And like one group dialogue will keep playing while you're seeing the action of something else happening. I really like all the juxtaposition that happens in it, but it results in a lot of quick cuts. Yeah. But yeah. it's really fast. I said it's the, the shortest movie, but it, it's really fast paced. There's not a lot That's of lulls. All right. So you're, you loved it. That's your initial thought. Mine was, it, I really love it. It's just not mm -hmm. top tier Bond. Like sure. Casino Royale, I, I get why, like oftentimes I'd be more in the mood for Quantum than Casino Royale, but you mentioned just the look of it, like that you mm -hmm. like this one more. I like the... There's just something about some of these movies, Casino Royale being one of them, that like you can tell 
everybody's firing on all cylinders from every actor to the editing to everything it just looks like a perfectly well-made well-rounded movie and this one there was some stuff that was left on the floor a yeah, little bit. yeah some stuff got missed and a lot of it had to do with the writer strike and coming off one of the best bond movies ever it's hard to follow up with that but there's a, anyway, a few reasons that we'll go through why i don't think it's quite top tier but i do love it anyway i guess we might as well sort of go in chronological order through it what do you think of the uh pre-title sequence the car chase because you had said you don't like long drawn out action scenes necessarily yeah i think i think it's one of those things i reach like more of a saturation point with it like yeah. i found when we got to the plane like not to jump ahead but to get when we got to the plane scene i was like all right like we a, don't need another one yeah, yeah 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 but the car scene you know right away off the top i have the energy for it and i'm like okay yeah. this is it's cool. it's regarded by like within the community and out as one of the best car chases in any movie Sweet. I, I yeah and i i like it for that like it makes me proud of this movie that i like a lot but i'm not a big fan of car chases typically yeah. i just it's so hard to follow what's actually going on yeah i heard somebody once talking about this car chase how the choreography is perfect like it all kind of makes sense like that random hook thing that goes into his door that rips the door off and then something else happens that only could happen with the door off. I don't know. I forget what the explanation was, but I actually went through and followed it slow. I think I played it on half speed, and it is really cool. Mm. But you have to go back and play it on half speed. Who's going to do that? Like, it's just yeah, it's yeah. so jarring. Something was always weird for me. When the cops first start chasing them, they get on the radio, and there are subtitles to say what the cop is saying, but only for a minute. And they say, there's an Aston Martin being chased by a Romero something. Like, it, we don't need to know that. It's clearly just more product placement, yeah, which yeah. is so funny. Like, yeah. the rest of the lines that the cops say, there's no Who subtitles. Yeah, 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 exactly. We just need to know the names of the cars. Yeah. Yeah, going down through the quarry and all that, it looked amazing. What about the reveal of uh, Buddy in the Trunk? Mm. Were you like, oh, that's hilarious, or... Oh, who's that? Remember I said it takes place like 10 minutes after, yeah. and up until that point, it could have been any car chase. Yeah, I mean, you you already like uh, told me you revealed preemptively, so it wasn't like sure. A but you may surprise. have forgotten mid chase. But then when they when he pops the trunk and Mr. Mm -hmm. White's sitting in there, time to get out. <laughs> it was funny from my perspective. I was like, all right, this takes place right after. I was like, then what's happening? Why is there a car chase like right. this? And where's that guy? And then so yeah, the real reveal for me was like, oh, there's that guy. Okay, right, that's right. funny. I like it because. I guess I'll just throw this in here. I have a little list of stuff that's missing for me for why it's not a top tier bomb. One of the things is humor. Like it's a pretty dark, grim movie yeah. by and large, but that's one little bit of humor that Mr. White was like, it's one of the most outrageous, crazy car chases ever uh, in that Aston Martin. Like he almost went over a cliff several times. He crashed into so many vehicles and there was a dude in the trunk the whole time who had just been shot. And just time to get out. I found that, I mean, yeah, it's pretty yeah. funny. Nice to have a little bit of humor in it. I'll come back to, remember I told you there was, uh, with all the big set pieces, the big action sequences, there's a theme. There's, yeah. Come so back where did that. that one take place largely? What was the atmosphere? Well, there was cliffs, right? You were saying there was a lot cliffs of... Cliffs or... And, all right, I'll come back to it. Okay. You, uh, you liked the song. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Jack White and Alicia Keys. Fine song. You mentioned there was like a really kind of crappy sounding lyric. I don't yeah. I don't really notice lyrics right away when I hear songs. Shoot 'em up bang bang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to lead yeah. into the movie. I was just Terrible. I like the like the guitar and the yeah, sound yeah. of it anyway. It's one that can stick in your head 
and mm-hmm. it's not like when you're ranking the Bond songs separate from the movies, the list is different. Yeah. I don't like it much as a Bond song, but it's more like in the car, it's an easier song to listen to than some of the other ones. I just don't think it ranks high as a Bond song. Sure. The title sequence itself is pretty good. Lots of desert, lots of bullets going through sand. It's kind of yeah. uninspiring. I, I like the style of it, yeah. yeah. I liked. I was into the visual. Yeah, cool. Well, actually, the next thing I have on my list of uh, stuff to talk about are the stunts and action scenes and all that. Did you like the act? Like, I guess we sort of already talked about that by getting a little action fatigue, but were there any other big stunts or action sequences that stood out? Were you inundated with it was there too much too little were you bored either because of a lack of action or too much action yeah i mean again in general you know every time there's a chase scene or whatever it's it just feels like um you know you know how it's gonna end more or less you're like bond's not gonna die here like (laughs) you know it's more like at least with the old ones especially when there's so many extras and they're doing these crazy stunts it's fun and like you're how the hell did they do that Mm -hmm. the thing with it these days it's i don't know it seems less crazy like we're just so used to it or maybe because it looks so perfect i don't like you Mm. said there's no stakes ever but before it felt like there were stakes in some of these old ones as we'll see right now there's not much to compare it to i guess but something noteworthy in this one is how he uses his body like he's Mm. i know i've said it in the last one that Daniel Craig's Bond is just a blunt instrument, but he just throws himself around everywhere with all these foot chases and stuff. And the first fight with him and Slate in the hotel room, like just yeah. bashing through glass and windows and jumping off balconies and slamming into railings. It's I like that action. I was, I was going to say that's the thing I do like from those action sequences. You know, when he like jumps onto some balcony and like it just seems like he like i don't know like really hurts himself kind of thing i guess to put it simply yeah Yeah. he's not he's not perfect which i like Mm -hmm. about craig that's my favorite part so far of that aspect he did that in the foot chase in the parkour scene in casino royale too but in this one he does it a lot every chase it looks like he shouldn't get back up so there's the big action scene at the start i was hinting at what where do you think it was so there was a quarry which is earth the next one Water. was a big boat chase, water, and then there was a plane chase. Air. And then at the end... There's fire. Right. Yeah. So the big set pieces were designed around the elements. That, oh, some, okay. That's a choice that the director made, apparently. I forget where I heard that. Could it be on the commentary or something? Yeah, so they no, designed... He sense. wanted to have these big set pieces, set pieces around the, the elements, so they designed it that way, which is pretty neat. Which was your favorite? So you were tired of the action by the plane. Mm-hmm. Man, every time I watch this, the jumping out of the plane, they should be dead, right? Like, yeah, they just yeah. pull that friggin' uh, parachute out at the last second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, if not dead, they should be, like, very hurt and not, I mean, like, getting up and doing the rest of the movie. It's totally badass, and I love it. Sure. But, it, like, where everything else is pretty grounded in this movie, it's not that far-fetched. A lot of it, it's pretty simple, straightforward. And the action is pretty uh, believable. That part is a little crazy. So I have stunts, action, themes. That's the themes, I guess. What was your favorite, a big part of uh, what makes the Bond movie so cool that I may have touched on in the last episode is all the locations he goes to. Mm -hmm. And this one's quite an adventure. He goes all around. A lot of time in South America, but a little bit of time in Italy. There's a London scene. Did any, mm. uh, any of the locations stand out or anything about them? 
mostly like the foot chase on the roofs in was that Italy? That was at the that was in Siena, yeah. At Siena, the start. Italy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that one probably stuck out the most in terms of like the location because you know like the boat chase, it's like it's in the water, it could be yeah, anywhere, sure, sure. kind yeah. of. And desert is desert. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And London, they're only in that apartment, really. Yeah, yeah. And Russia, they see just, some snow. Yeah, you're like, oh, it must be Russia, there's <laughs> yeah. snow. Snow in a shitty apartment building. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Bolivia is mostly desert in that little city. Uh, there's Haiti as well. You get to see them drive through the uh, city. What did you think of when he knocked Buddy off the uh, dirt bike? That was always a favorite scene. Mm. Yeah, that <laughs> funny. was fine. Yeah, all right. That was good. Uh, and the another thing that he does differently... I don't know if this was Forrester's decision or whose, but the titles of wherever they are, how it said Siena, Italy, and then mm. when it said London, it was in the pavement on that rainy day. And, mm. you know, that's a neat little touch, I guess. Did yeah. You, was it noteworthy to you? Yeah, yeah. Do you I mean, like it, it in nice. a movie when they do that? Yeah, I like having the name of the location, regardless of how it's presented, I right. think. Okay. So presenting it that way... I was fine with it, but it's probably more, like, kind of cheesy than it is, like, cool. Yeah, I guess. It is a little, I don't know, like, hey, look how cool we are. Yeah, it's like, you don't need to, like... I, I often, it's really hard to do that. I, I mm -hmm. get setting the scene, and, like, what's worse is when it's shoehorned in a line of dialogue, like, catch a flight to London, oh, it's a beautiful day here in London, or whatever, when they mm -hmm. put it in a line yeah, of dialogue that worse. doesn't belong at all. But I don't, I don't even know that you need it. You should just... Like in some of the other movies, or actually even in this one, she said uh, Slate is down in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And then the next scene, he's there. You don't even need to tell us you're in Haiti. I mean, I like, I again, I like, just like put it on the screen, right? Yeah. And just be like, border, just, border just to set the scene. Haiti or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, that works. Did you ever see uh, Team America, World Police? The, no. The South Park guys made it years ago. I think it was like 05 or something. It's a puppet movie, and it's a, parody of American action heroes, basically. It's Team America okay. World Police. There's this group of, it's the World Police, they go around fighting terror. Anyway, whenever they're anywhere, like it, say they go to, they go to uh, Cairo at one point, and it's Cairo, 3,400 miles east of America. <laughs> London. <laughs> 800 miles west yeah. of America or whatever. Yeah, it's very yeah, yeah. funny. Everything relative to America. And that's what I always think of whenever I see the name of a place to set a scene up. That's funny. Before we get into the villain and the plot, I wanted to see how well you follow that. Some of the other stuff that's missing, uh, there's no, aside from the cool hotels, which are pretty funny, and the last one, which is pretty neat, the one out in the desert, there's some big grand rooms in there and some dingy rooms in the hotel. And I forget if it was in Haiti or Bolivia where they go to the poor hotel and then, mm. <laughs> then they go to the nice one. I feel like it was Bolivia, yeah. Right. We're teachers on sabbatical and we just won the lottery. Yeah. There's a bit of humor. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's there's humor. Scene. But yeah, I feel like, as you'll see with the old ones, some of the most impressive parts of the movies are these big, grand interior sets that they had to build from scratch. I think I mentioned that in the last episode. Uh, and there's not really any of that in this one. So that's missing. The rest of the gang isn't there. And no, like, by that I mean Money, Penny, and Q and all of them. Which, that means nothing to you yet, since you haven't seen any of that. Uh, no hench person. And also, that doesn't mean anything to you, but we should mention his well, little guy. I was going to say, there's a guy with the bangs. <laughs> the toupee. The brace. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it fell That's off great. when uh, Strawberry Fields knocked him down the steps there. 
Uh, Strawberry is, fields. <laughs> that's like the first little nod to the cheesiness, the campiness, mm. and the ridiculous names that are to come. Yeah. Uh, all right. What did you think of Mr. Dominic Green as a villain? I liked him better than Mads Mikkelsen in the last really? one. Really? Like the actor or the character? The character. I don't. I don't know anything about the actor that Man, plays he, this guy. Man, he—that's funny. You're. Uh, this is very interesting because again, that's one of the things that's maligned about this movie is mm -hmm. people feel like it's a weak villain. I actually, I was. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. By and large, I was less impressed with this viewing in general. But him, I liked more, yeah. especially at the end when he fucking loses it. When that. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> when just the goes hotel's burning down. Crazy. It just felt more. Um, Believable, because so Matt's Mickelson guy, uh, Le Chiffre, yeah. he was just like you know, just looks like a villain. Like you walk down the street and that guy's there, you're like that guy's oh. doing some malicious crap. Right. But right. this guy was just like you know, it's it's the more realistic villain. Like he he's pretending to be like an environmentalist capitalist sure, sure. guy or whatever. And it's poignant too. His his plot anyway. Okay, we'll talk about that after. But. First, that's interesting because you're setting the stage for what your favorite kind of villains get. Because there are different types of villains sure. in the series. There's the outlandish one with the scars on their face who want to take over the world that are clearly evil people with, yeah. you know, claws for hands and <laughs> walking around with cats. And, like, they're clearly evil. And then there's the more subtle guys. So maybe you'll be liking those more. Mm, that's probably. interesting. Uh, did you follow the plot? And what did you think of his plot? I guess... It's revealed and it's pretty clear, but it's a little... I remember being so confused when I saw this in the theater. It's a little confusing. So, I like, I got the general idea, you know, that he's... Like, tie it to the Vesper plot. That's... Okay, that's the part <laughs> I was going to say is even more confusing. I'm like, okay, so they're just trying to find the people behind... That's initially it. Like, okay, so Casino Royale ends with him shooting Mr. White mm -hmm. in the leg. Mr. White was the representative of some organization who Lashif worked for. Lashif was like their money man kind of thing. One of their money men. Mm. That's all we know as of Casino Royale and that they kidnapped Vesper's, Vesper's boyfriend. In this one, we find out, <laughs> see, I'm already confused trying to, so they get Mr. White, he's freed. Mitchell, the uh, M's bodyguard, is all that they have tied to him. And he has a 20 in his pocket that is tied to a bunch of other 20s that some guy down in Haiti just deposited in a bank. That's the connection. Yeah. Now, okay. that's quite thin. Now, is this because of the writer strike? They couldn't come up with anything better to tie <laughs> Green to Mr. White or Lashif? Like, somehow to get Bond down there? It's just that... M's bodyguard betrayed them and they scanned his money and the same stack of bills that that came from was just deposited in a bank. So go find out where he got that money. So he goes down to Haiti, kills that guy, yeah. takes his briefcase, gets kidnapped by, not kidnapped, picked up by Camille and then introduced to Green and all the rest happens. But it's a little convoluted how that happens, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, because even at that point, it's not like... He could have just stumbled into something totally unrelated at that point because he right. was just picked up by this like random woman. If the money wasn't related, yeah, totally. Then yeah, it's, it's yeah. That's another part that's kind of that makes this not top tier. Like it's not a solid yeah. plot no. to me. I mean, his plot is pretty straightforward. Yeah. It's evil and it's very uh, poignant these days. Evil industrialist 
uh, guy buying up, like doesn't care about the local population at all, buying up local resources and selling yeah. it at an out outrageous price and yeah. propping up some evil general. <laughs> and, yeah, and at the end they're like, oh, like I have most of the water in your country now. Like you gotta. I did like his line there when he's like, the thing you gotta know about our organization, we deal with the left, we deal with the right, we deal with liberators or generals or dictators, whatever. Whoever is willing to deal with us, we don't care. I don't care about your politics. We're just gonna get in and get our buck no matter what, mm -hmm. which I kinda like. So this organization that he works for, Quantum, we don't really learn much about that either. No. Like Bond presumably tortured it out of him and then left him for dead in the desert. But we don't really hear anything more about that. Are you satisfied with that? Like just knowing that it's okay just some big organization well no because i mean like that whole yeah like we didn't get that interrogation scene we didn't get you know what did bond actually learn here really and sorry to break it to you but you don't <laughs> like it's okay. just like he seems satisfied at the end of it right he says vesper was basically innocent she was manipulated by an evil dude who worked for this quantum organization and yeah, we're meant to just be left satisfied with that. And uh, I definitely wasn't at first, but I've, now that I've seen them all and it's sat for a long time, I'm okay with it. But you're not really, you want to know more? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not like sweating about it or something, no. but like, yeah, it's not, I wouldn't say it's satisfying. Do you, <laughs> do you feel like he's ready? I mean, at the end of it, well, before I do that, actually, let's talk about the Bond Girls. For some reason I had that after the plot, maybe we should have talked about them first. The Bond women, sorry. <laughs> uh, there's really only two, mm -hmm. which is low for him, and he only sleeps with one of them. I really like, and a lot of people like this, that he doesn't sleep with Camille in the end. Like They just they're both. They just Yeah, exactly. They're both kind of dealing with a lot of trauma and grief and getting over something and revenge mm -hmm. and go their separate ways, which is pretty cool. What'd you think of that? Yeah, I was gonna say that the the first girl, uh, Strawberry Fields, you, you yeah, called her. Yeah. Um, I don't. I missed it this time around because uh, she just said Agent Fields. Just Fields, she said. Yeah. I'm. I thought she said it at some point in the movie. Maybe it's just on the credits, but that's her name. Strawberry. That's her actual name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she. It's funny. Like her character, I was like, this is so dumb. Like, they don't even have you know a meaningful interaction he's just like want to help me find the stationery and they have sex it's like okay like i mean Damn, like, I, why did sure. i write down no humor because i love that scene too <laughs> yeah he just he, he's so goddamn cocky and confident like yeah. he knows they're, they're gonna sleep together just i can't find and, the uh stationery would you mind helping me <laughs> which like on one hand i'm like whatever but at the same time i'm like you know that agent they didn't have to send like a a pretty girl they could have sent anyone and like also yeah, like he didn't have to sleep with her just because she's a girl like what else are we gonna do we're in haiti we got a few hours to kill and that is why they sent her knowing that like if it was a guy he just would ignore her and run away and probably incapacitate him but they probably sent this sexy woman down knowing that he's more likely to actually listen to her sure. maybe not listen but certainly not incapacitate her maybe eventually she could woo him into coming back kind of thing. Like a, a woman is gonna work better on Bond than sending your like toughest agent, the yeah. toughest agent's already down there. Yeah, I guess it is a, just a reminder of the, the, 
you know, Bond as a problematic uh, kind of character. Romantic character, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the simplification of that. And, and I guess the part that feels bad um, watching it, you know, in 2021, I mean, watching it ever, really, it's just how she is reduced to simply she, that. But, like, there's a long, and you'll find me doing this a lot, women have agency in this. She made a choice. She didn't have to do it. Like, yeah. she sort of smiled, and then she had that line of dialogue after, like, I said I wouldn't, but why the hell not, basically? Like, he didn't yeah. really manipulate her into it or anything. No, I guess I more so mean, like, her character didn't add anything but be... Yeah, true. Like, a few funny lines. I yeah. I mentioned her friggin' wardrobe when she when they first... That's right, she's wearing, like, only a small trench coat or it, something. Yeah, it totally looks like they're about to yeah. go streaking. It's hilarious. It doesn't look like she has anything on under that. And then the next time we see her out of that, she's naked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were like, they were just like doing budget cuts. They're like, we don't have clothes for this character. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although her dress at the party scene was awesome. That's right. Yeah, and she does contribute in that part too. Like totally. She and she get, tri trips, buddy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then gets drowned in oil. You were going to say something else. Yeah. The so to contrast my mixed feelings about that character, I, I really like the Camille character. Like you mentioned, like. They don't sleep together. She has her own thing. She's also a special service agent from Bolivia or whatever. Right. Um, she also has her own vengeance, her own pain, her own gun. She does her own shit. Yeah. Which at first is just like maybe she's a woman who carries a pistol around because she takes that shot at Bond in the car. Mm -hmm. But then when they're on the boat and he like pushes her down, she could still be a damsel at that point. But then she grabs like a crowbar yeah, or something and knocks a dude out. Yeah. yeah, she's yeah, she's pretty great. She stands out. She's a high point in the movie for sure. Olga Karolenko is awesome. And yeah, uh, the scene of them in the cave after the unrealistic survival, talking about taking a life and revenge. Will it will it make you able to sleep again? And this and that. Mm. And that's, I don't know. There's some depth to her. She definitely adds to the story. Yeah, yeah. Far from a damsel. I forgot to mention Mathis and Felix. Something that's often in the movies, I'll just, whenever, as we're going through these early ones, point out the uh, the motifs or the themes that come up a lot. There's often an old mentor ally that dies. So the old mentor ally betrayed him in the last one. That also happens, and then they use the same <laughs> mentor ally, and he dies in this one. Sure. What did you think of his death? Yeah, it was... Were you sad? Or you <laughs> like I think if you were to go back through him again, that that one hurts after you've seen it a few times because Mathis is a pretty cool character. I like him a lot. Mathis is fine. I don't think we got enough of good Mathis right. like quality time to yeah, like yeah. for me to care that much. That's fair. I've just spent hours with him because I've seen the movie so many damn yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel like when we were introduced to him in Casino Royale. He, I was just like, who's this guy? Why do we care? And then, yeah. and then by the end of that movie, you're like, I guess we don't trust him. We're not sure. And then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and then this movie, we're like, oh, they bought him a villa because they were sorry. Yeah. And he's just like trying to be wise and give advice or something. And then he just dies off camera, right? Uh, no, he died in Bond's arms. Oh, I guess, but I mean, he was like, but you know, yeah, he put was wounded, drunk wounded prior to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I. Uh, a lot of people don't like that Bond just tossed him in a dumpster, but he was already dead. Like, he held him in his arms. He, mm -hmm. like, they were probably wasting precious minutes while he was holding him in, the ar in yeah, his arms. Yeah, I did think that was, you know, like, like all the other times, you know, Bond is really, like, 
um, cold and is like, we got to go. Like, right. You know, well, like he, that woman he slept with was covered in oil and naked on the bed. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And <laughs> well, all right. He gets shit on for that a lot too, but yeah. I, he, it's in his eyes. He feels it, but yeah. got to move on. The mission demands it. But yeah, with Mathis, uh, he said he wasn't too cold and took his time to hold him and stuff. But immediately after, dumpster, take yeah, your yeah. cash, away you go. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a smart thing to like, make it look like he was mugged kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, holding him. Like, I don't know why people say Bond was cold in that scene. He literally held him and there was a bit of a sweet moment asking if Mathis yeah. was his uh, code name, cover name. It's not a very good one, is it? Felix, and, uh, what's his name? Hop from Stranger Things yeah, is yeah, pretty... David but there's, yeah, yeah, there's some more humor. All right, I'm just full of shit earlier yeah. when I said there wasn't any humor. He was pretty funny. You're Like, throughout the Bond movies, they treat Americans hilariously. Yeah. Besides Felix. Felix is usually cool, but they always bumble stuff. They're always just your cliche, yeehaw imperialist yeah, yeah. American. I mean, in this case, they were, like, working, like, to ignore a coup, right? They're like, oh, we don't... Which is yeah. typical of America. And yeah. the, they only have the one scene together in the bar towards the end there when uh, Bond's giving him hell for... giving Felix hell for American policy, dividing up South America, and he's just like, oh, I'm taking that from a Brit? That's nice. <laughs> like, read your own history yeah, books, brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really like that exchange. James, get out of here. Or move your ass. Move your ass. Yeah. yeah. And what else did he say? The line I like so much. Oh, you're really drinking that water? It's bottled water. Yeah, they probably got it from some stream around the corner. That's why I eat the peppers. What the hell does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't catch that one. <laughs> like, does that just give your stomach uh, an extra lining or something? That's why I eat the peppers. Uh, <laughs> I guess we can go back to whether or not you're satisfied. And you're not really. So why, why I wanted to do these two back to back is it's like Bond's origin story. Two little missions that don't have a big global impact yet. He's just sort of chasing the secret organization that is funding other criminals. Like sure. Green was tied to, like in another movie, the Madrano character might be the main villain. A general who wants to take over a country kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Or the terrorists, the not terrorists, but the African freedom fighters in Casino Royale that Le Chiffre was providing banking services for, they might be the villains in it or something like that. Yeah. So this yeah, is sure. just really this organization that he's loosely tied to. This is not in the, sorry, what I'm describing now is this loose career path that I'm putting him on mm -hmm. rather than just the Craig movies. Uh, and also making him the cold bastard. He's got a lot of kills under his plate now. He murdered yeah. a lot of people in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is settled on Vesper, no longer necessarily feels betrayed by her, but is definitely cold and is not going to trust women going forward. Not going to let another woman into his heart for a long while. Uh, that's why I chose these two first. So going forward, when he's kind of cold to women and starts to go on all these missions, you can kind of get it a bit more. Do you feel like those two together make a pretty good origin story for a spy who's about to save the world 22 more times? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to start somewhere. And I think those two, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Especially Casino Royale where he does, I mean, in terms of character and romantic development, yeah, he like gets hurt. Yeah. But, uh, and then you need to do this one. If you're going to do all the movies, it wouldn't make sense to place this one later. Yeah, you exactly. have to be back, back to back together. And I mean, his relationship with M too seems in, like there's like a trust there kind of getting built somehow. And, yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's 
All right. I mean, if we think of more things uh, in the next few minutes, we can go back to it. But that's what puts me at the awkward place about where to go from here. So in Bond's chronology, the next mm -hmm. movie is Skyfall. Sorry, in Craig's. Mm -hmm. uh, the next one is Skyfall. But that plot basically opens with <laughs> him saying, "We're here we are, washed up. Basically, we're fossils, ready to retire, and maybe we shouldn't even be doing this anymore. Whereas Quantum ends with, I need you, I never left, let's get to work, basically. And they're just building it. Mm. So it's really weird to go from that, like, let's do this, to maybe we should retire. That was a really weird choice that they did. So I want to um, get some other missions in between these. Skyfall's largely about his and M's relationship which since you just said their relationship is just building, it, would, it is nice to go right to Skyfall where they get even closer. It's most, M is basically the Bond girl in Skyfall. So when we finally get to that 18 movies from now, <laughs> it, might, it might be kind of like, oh yeah, I forgot they were really close. Yeah. So that's a bit of a disservice. So going forward, I kind of wanted to keep Judy Dench still as M just as a transfer before we send her off. So in my theory, they send her M. She like wants some time off or it's just been too stressful training this agent. So she's gonna go, I don't know, stationed in Jamaica for a while or something. And they're gonna bring in another guy. So I thought we could do Timothy Dalton's first one, which opens with uh, a training exercise. All the double O agents are off on it. That's the pre-title sequence. They're on a training exercise in Gibraltar, which kind of makes sense story-wise that he wraps up his thing with Quantum and Vesper, and then they send him on this training mission with the other double O's to try to regain his focus and set off on another mission. Yeah, but okay. if we do that, we lose Judy Dench. I wanted to do, and on the other hand, we could do a, a Pierce Brosnan one where he's just sort of in a mission and she's still there off on his first quest. Do you have a preference? I don't know anything. So a 90s one or an 80s one? So 90s would still have Judy Dench? Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're 10 years apart. So, uh, well, the Timothy Dalton one is called The Living Daylights. Uh, that's my birth year one. Oh, and yeah. M is actually played by an actor who shares my name. <laughs> Which is odd. Anyway, uh, it's a lot of people's favorites. Or I'm thinking Tomorrow Never Dies, not Goldeneye, not his first one, for some M reasons. This one we would just, you'd have to suspend disbelief. Again, like we're going to do with whenever the actor changes for Bond. We could just pretend that the era is different. He's a bit of a time lord or whatever. So it's uh, about 12 years earlier and he's just on another mission. But career-wise, he's on the same path. Just uh, the era is different. So this is 97 and it's a bit of a doozy. It's not a very, <laughs> not my favorite Bond movie by far. It's probably bottom half, but we can't start with all the good ones. Yeah. It's fun. It's, um, we can do, that sounds good. We can do 97. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. It opened up the same year as Titanic. It's, it's, it's so funny. It's, it's such a product of its time. And uh, there's a lot of love for it on, in like on the, bond twitter community and stuff mm -hmm. like i don't know it's one of those ones it's silly but quite a bit of fun you'll be like what the hell is this compared to the two <laughs> gritty daniel craig ones yeah, like it's yeah. filled with the the quips the one-liners pierce brosnan might as well look at the camera and say the jokes like he does one-liners when there's no one else in the room to hear them like they're just for <laughs> us it's hilarious i mean that sounds nice yeah yeah it, it, i guess we need a palate cleanser after mm -hmm. quantum yeah 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 Anything else to add with Quantum? I feel like I must be forgetting something, but 
this thing's evolving. These these episodes might get longer as we have more context, more things to compare them to. Yeah, more arguments to get into. Yeah, yeah. Don't really have anything. We're this is more like Bond school right now. Yeah, yeah. This Bond voyage is starting very slow. This journey. Yeah, it'll <laughs> ramp up. Yeah, I'll have more of an opinion, you know, when I have more background. Right, right. But trying to think of an analogy. Like right now, you're just. We're learning how to travel, getting, you know, this is the first trip you've been on, so we're just getting our feet under us kind of thing. Yeah, my, and developing my sea legs, you know. Exactly, that's right. All right. It definitely just sort of feels like an action movie of its time a little bit. I think the context of the writer's strike is important because you can really feel that if you just think about it for a sec. You're yeah, like, there's, there's some plot holes. A little bit thrown together. It wasn't fleshed out as much as it could have been. Right, right. Um... But maybe on like the other hand, you're like, oh, there's a rawness we wouldn't get if it was flushed out. Totally, yeah, there is something nice about it, and it is very like you will. Once we're done watching all of them, I bet you'll find yourself willing to throw that one in more often. It's a good one-off one, even though it's a direct sequel. It's I don't know. There's lots of sexiness to it. It's quick. It's different. It, it stands out among a lot of the other ones, which like. Uh, Watching some of these movies with my partner, you can't. She can't pick out which one of the Roger Moore movies is which. If you just watch yeah, the because yeah. they're all kind of. I mean, sorry, Bond community, you're gonna scream at me for this, but if you're just a passing fan, they kind of are all just that era. They're kind of the same thing. This one does stand out among all 24. I find mm -hmm. it's very yeah. different from the rest of them. So that's a positive for it. And you're right, not. Like, it just being thrown together under chaotic circumstances does add an element of grittiness to it, which is nice. Yeah, and, and on one hand, it's not fleshed out as much as it could be, but it's also, it's not fluffed up, you know? Like, it's like, what what's there is yeah. there, and it's yeah. good, kind of. It is sort of, yeah, it's the opposite of, like, everything with Casino Royale was done on purpose. It was so yeah. calculated, like the opposite. Not quite fluffy, I wouldn't say that, but... But it's a little bit deliberate. Like, Everything was very yeah. deliberate and well thought out. I think comparing these two, because that's my reference point now, I have two. Um, Casino Royale felt more drawn out and more elaborate, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Where this one was more like um, to the point. Yeah, let's and, get this and, done. In a way that I, I kind of liked, actually. Yeah. Like, sure, we didn't get great explanations for half the stuff that happened, yeah. but it, ha it just happened. And or like, even, yeah. I could use a bit more of it. A few more sure. establishing shots, a few more, like, God, the scene when they get back to, uh, when Strawberry Fields enters it and they're in that taxi and there's like three people talking at once, like maybe yeah. cut out, like the taxi driver's talking, Mathis is having a conversation with some guy on the phone, I think the, the colonel guy, and Bond might even be talking, like there's so much going on at once often in this mm -hmm. movie. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I do sometimes, that's just another thing to mention. Yeah. <laughs> Like uh, Uncut Gems, you know, some people like can't even watch that movie, but I'm yeah, really into right. that. I actually haven't seen it. Really? Really. Do you like when people talk over each other? Sometimes. <laughs> what was I just thinking of? There's, yeah, some sometimes in some movies it works if it's done well. If, I mean, I'm up for anything if it's done well. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like, what in the hell am I even watching? I can't follow this. Yeah, have fun. Watch Uncut Gems. <laughs> I almost watched it once. I had it. Yeah. I even started it, and then I was like, you know what? No, I'm not ready. I'm not in the mood. You, I just haven't yeah. found myself in the mood for it. It's it's a bit stressful. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad I watched it, not really knowing what I was getting into, because it was around when it like came out, and right. people were just talking about it. But. Yeah. What was it? Late last 2019, I think. 
a year and a half ago. Does that feel right? Yeah, it was like just before pandemic kind of hit, I think. Yeah. The before time. Because someone told me about it in person. I think that's how oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good indicator. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, our next stop on this Bon Voyage will be 1997's Tomorrow Never Dies, starring Pierce Brosnan. Sounds good. See you then. All right. Bon Voyage, everybody. Bon Voyage. <laughs>